All right, good evening everyone, welcome back, and uh, we're getting together over here for a, another weekly roundup, cruising into the end of another beautiful, amazing, productive week, Baruch Hashem, another Thursday night, another Chumash and Challenge here, another beautiful, amazing, wonderful Challenge from our very own Rabbi Aronson, Rabbi Aronson's world famous, world famous candy prize winning Challenge, and, and such beautiful Warm company over here. Let us get down into the thick of things. And this week that is Parshas Vayetze. I'm sorry, Vayishlach. 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 Yes, Ilya can't fool Ilya. Baruch Hashem. That's right, Ilya. What's your streak right now? Your streak is? Uh, what do you mean by that? Every Parsha. You're finishing every week, every Parsha, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Second so, year now. Second year. Yeah. That, that Ilya, you've got a second year of going through every week Parsha. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Maybe... You know what? Maybe we should switch seats no, over here. No, Maybe you should come give the climb series. I never get to enjoy the challenge because I talk five years. I promise. Okay, I'm going to take you up on that. Okay. Everybody heard that? It's on tape. It's going out to WhatsApp. When Ilya promised in five years he's going to give the class. All right, it's been recorded. Now, by Yishlach, by Yishlach, um, a couple things. Let's try to address a couple things here in by Yishlach. Um, Maybe we'll go backwards. We'll start with something a little bit further into the parsha, not so far, but work back from there to something a little bit earlier in the parsha. And um, so Yaakov Avinu, of course, is getting ready for this big showdown with the nefarious Esav, and he prepares himself in three ways. Chazal tell us Rashi brings us down. He strategizes war strategy, splits up his camp. Um, he tries to placate Esav to appease him. He sends him gift after gift after gift after gift to get on his good side. And he also davens three by Shalalim. He davens. Tzvila. Um, so this is three ways that he prepares himself um, with to get ready for this showdown. And Let's just ask a basic question over here. And yeah, maybe we will go in order. Um, so this is, what I just mentioned is really presented in a well-known Rashi over here. Um, let's read the Rashi inside. Again, he prepared himself. He has three a three pronged you know approach three pronged strategy that he's getting ready to combat Ace of Via Ladarim the gifts that's one that's one approach how to maybe how to maybe overcome over here and deal with this crisis maybe he can butter Ace of up get on his good side by sweet talking him giving him gifts right Melchama he's prepared for battle if that's not going to work he has to make sure that he's ready to, to wage war and the third way that he prepares a third prong. Of his three prong, three tiered strategies, tefillah is is tefillah, and that comes up later. Tatsilene miad ori miad esav, save me from esav. And let's ask a basic question: Why are these three different ways of getting ready? I mean, the way we understand this is there's my Rashi is telling us three types of hishtadlus. We call this hishtadlus efforts, efforts and and um, investments and um, his own planning, his own involvement. Yaakovina did on three levels. Three different types of hishtadluyos he made. Three different types of hishtadlus. And we know this term hishtadlus. Hishtadlus means my own input, my own effort. And he made three effort on three levels. But are these really three different types of effort? 
what are the three three areas that he prepared himself on? The three fronts. He got ready for war. He got ready through bribery, placating him, and, and through da- davening. But davening is the third front. And we always daven. We daven for everything to be blessed. We daven for all of our ishtadlis to be blessed. And let me say that more clearly. The way we, like, intuitively approach tefillah is tefillah has to go together with all my ishtadlis. Anytime I make, like, tefillah is, 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 is the cap on ishtadlis. Tefillah is the, is supplements my ishtadlis. Tefillah, davening, is after I did my ishtadlis, I say, Hashem, please accept my ishtadlis. That's tefillah. Right? That's tefillah. That's what tefillah always is. So I, I have a, a job interview lined up. I really want this job. So I do my best. You know, I hishtablis. What's my hishtablis in the interview? I get a haircut. I trim my beard. I, I prepare. I come with a nice snazzy briefcase. I wear my cleanest suit, my nicest tie. And I have someone do a mock interview with me. That's my hishtablis. And then I dive into the rebellion. Hashem, please not let the interview go well. I dive after let, let Let me be accepted. Let me get the job. So Tefillah is there to submit my hishtablis. Tefillah is there to supplement my ishtavas. So, so... Cover letter. What? A cover, cover letter. A cover letter. A that's resume. A resume. Well, sure. All the above, right? That's right. That's right. So we're getting, we're getting the point over here. That's right. Very good. Tefillah is there to, um, you know, it's the envelope to mail it in, right? The cover letter, the... the Your face, basically. All of the above. All of the above. What, I, I, the, everyone's getting it. Everyone's getting where we're going. Beautiful. Beautiful. This is exactly the idea. If someone's getting ready to go to war, so he prepares for war, he trains for war, he makes sure that he has all the right divisions, and then he dives, Hashem, let us win the war. If someone wants to go with the approach of Dairon, of placating, of, of peace, of appeasing, so he, you know, plans out the right kind of gifts and when to give them and has it, and then he dives, Hashem, let, let my Dairon work well. Why is Rashi bringing down three different types of approaches? There's, Rashi says Dairon, Nechama, and tefillah, it's so odd that tefillah is mentioned as a third hishtadlis. Tefillah is not a third hishtadlis. Tefillah is, goes together with the other two. Why is Rashi taking it off separately? It's very counterintuitive. Extremely, extremely counterintuitive. So the truth is like this. I think everyone appreciates the question over here. It's a basic question on Rashi. It's such a well-known Rashi. But there's Rashi, some Rashi that are so well-known that we just stop and smell the Rashi a little bit closer. We see that the Rashi is not so clear. Rashi is not so clear. Big problems lying in Rashi's, lurking in Rashi's that, that we've seen for years and years and years and years already. These aren't three different fronts, these are two fronts. Tefillah has to come together with every front. Right? Menachem, do you understand the question? Good. Good. So, um, it's like this. What, what we see from Rashi's, it's indeed counterintuitive for us, but sometimes the more counterintuitive something is, the more it sets our intuition straight. Rashi's giving us a lima to what Tefillah really is. What Tefillah really is. Um, it says Rashi. Uh, Rashi is telling us the following. Rashi is telling us Tefillah is not really what we think it is. Tefillah is not taka, a supplement to my hishtadlis. It's not the cover letter. It's not the envelope. Like I do my hishtadlis. I do my efforts. And how do I mail it to heaven? I put it in the envelope. The envelope is Tefillah. It's just like how I submit my hishtadlis. Again, that's how we approach Tefillah. Tefillah is none of the above. Tefillah actually is, the correct way of looking at Tefillah, Tefillah is Hishtadlis. Tefillah is Hishtadlis. It's another form of Hishtadlis. And it has to be viewed as such. 
It has to be viewed as such. And and let's wrap our heads around this idea again. The idea is really right there under our eyes. It's been it's been in front of us this entire time. It's there in Rashi. But let, let's speak this out a little bit. Let's bring some interesting examples where we see this elsewhere. Um, the the Vilna Gain happens to have a line um, in um, in Evan Shlema. The Vilna Gain says that um, that. Um, he talks. He's giving a muscle how how uh, our working on our meters has to be like a farmer. He says like farmer has three basic steps. How he has a good crap. How he works on his crap. It's three things that a farmer has to do. We have to follow those three steps in working on our meters. Says the Vilna Gaon. Says the Gaon. What are what are the three steps in the hishtablus for making sure that a farmer is going to have a good crap year that year? Who is here? Who's been in the farming industry? Ilya. You have a farm out there in Hatboro, no? No. What? You're not in Hatboro. Do you know people who have farms in Hatboro? No. Okay. Even if you don't know them, they're presumably out there. And a farmer has, says the Vilna Gain, there's three things that are three step process that a farmer does in, in order to make sure that he's going to have a good crop year that year. What does he do? He has to plow. He has to plast as the guy, he plows, he has to plant, and then he has to daven. The third step is davening. I'm just telling you what the Villa Gain says. See, you, you don't have a farm. So you, who, are you to, who are you to tell us how you, you, you know, how you take care of your crap, Celia? Sorry. Anyway, so we already, anyway. We already established you don't have any farm experience. Now we know why. So, so the kids are, so, so the Vilna Gaon says, the three basic steps in making sure that, that, a, that a farmer puts it to making sure he's going to have a good crop here. He plows, he plants, and he davens. How strange. He davens? That's, that's one of the three steps? No. You daven that the plant should go well. Davening is part of planting. Davening is part of planting. Davening is part of watering. Davening is part of fertilizing. Says the guy, he lists feel as a separate step. What's going on over here? And the Vilna Gaon brings that to the world of Hishtav, of Avedas Hamidas. Says the Gaon, if a Yid wants to work on his Midas, you want to have better Midas, you want to work on your anger, you want to work on your patience, you want to work on your, on your, on your self-control, whatever you want to work on, there's also, says the Gaon, the three, same three steps. What are the three, three step process in working on your Midas? You have to first uproot all the, the bad Midas, Identify them and, 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 uh, you know, push them to the side to make room for the gummies, plant the gummies, and then daven. Daven Hashem that it should work. But again, but davening is a third step in the process. Yes, it is a third step in the process. Davening is a form of hishtaplus. What an eye-opening idea. And what is this showing us when we see from the Vilna Gain, who says it twice, and really from Rashi, who's saying this in this week's parasha, what does it mean that davening is a form of hishtaplus? It means, as opposed to what we think, that again, the davening is putting what I did in the envelope, stamping the envelope, and sending it Federal Express to heaven. That's how we understand davening. Davening is submitting my hishtalis to heaven. Davening is asking Hashem to bless my hishtalis. When we understand davening like that, what we're really saying to ourselves is, yeah, you know, I did my thing, and... For, it, for there to be a payoff, for it to, for there to be a, you know, a payoff and a payout, for it to work, 
So I need to ask Hashem to put his stamp of approval. Hashem's got to bless it. But it, Hashem blessing what I did. And that's really what tefillah is about. So, so, so in other words, you know, it might work with that tefillah, it might work, it might require the tefillah, but it's Hashem's, um, acquiescing to my davening that's just going to bless my efforts. And, and, by extension, if that's how we understand what davening is, so you could conceivably say, you know, I'm going to try this on my own without asking Hashem for His approval. I'm, I'm not going to submit this to God. I'm going to try it on my own. Now, of course, you'd be foolish to do so. Why not ask God for His approval? Why not ask God for His blessings? But that would that would be the second side of of the coin over here. The other side of the coin would mean that that's that would be that would not be an incorrect understanding. That you know, I can try this on my own without without um, asking God to bless it. What we see from all the above is is. Um, and again, when we look at it like that, so my efforts are like hit and miss. Um, you know, I, it may work on my own, may not work on my own. And, and, and tefillah is kind of also like um, it not tefillah, even davening. Again, to say this the best way possible, the clearest way possible, davening is nothing in of itself. Davening is there to be combined with something I'm already doing, to be combined with my efforts. So what we see from all the sources in front of us is that's the wrong understanding of tefillah. That's the wrong understanding of um, prayer. And the correct understanding of prayer is that it is another way of trying to pull this off. And it's just as real. That's the point of it. Just as real and just as solid as getting myself ready for that jab interview and preparing and rehearsing and you know, getting the the uh, the preps, etc. Just as real as rehearsing for that interview and putting my best foot forward for that interview is the power of prayer. Is tefillah? Tefillah is not some kind of mystical, spiritual, imperceptible, um, you know, uh, supernatural kind of heebie-jeebie thing that. That I'm trying to bring that energy and auras to, to, to bless my efforts. That's not the case, but it is how we always naturally, intuitively relate to tefillah, to davening. Tefillah is not about that. What tefillah is about instead, and in, in, in truth, tefillah is another form of ishtablis. Tefillah is a real form of ishtablis. Tefillah is not something that's up there that's spooky, that's spiritual and mystical. Tefillah is the following. Tefillah is the power itself. Very good. Excellent. Let's go back to our muscle with the job interview. So that we have the job interview. So we have, you know, the preparation for the job interview. I really want this job and I'm going to get have an interview with the person in charge of the hiring department. Right? And there's a person he's given, he has, you know, you don't go to the CEO for the interview. What? HR. HR that's right. HR. And it's he's been... Um, Deputized with this job, it's been delegated to him, hiring and firing, and he, it's, it's, he has the, um, you know, maybe the board can override him, but he has the power to, to hire. He has the power to hire. And you go and you interview with the guy in charge of the HR department. And so you get ready for that interview, and like we said, you rehearse, and you do a Mac interview, and you, 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 you come well groomed and well dressed, and, and you put your best foot forward. That's and, and 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 you hope to do your best job in that interview. That's one way of landing the job. There's another way of landing the job, and that is to find the CEO himself and knock on his office door. 
and barge your way, maybe not even knock on the door, barge your way through the door, plop yourself down in the chair opposite the CEO, and tell him, I need this job. I really, you gotta help me out. I need this job. Who, who are you? I, I need this job. I, I'm applying for such and such job in your corporation. I need the job. That's another way of getting the job. Bypassing the interview process. This is Tfilo. This is Tfilo. Tfilo is, and that's another form of Ishtavos. Now, if the CEO doesn't really know who you are, he doesn't know you from beans, or barley, or, or Samuel Adams, he doesn't know you from Adam, um, it would not be so advisable. Because someone just barges, you're the CEO, some, some Meshuggah that barges into your office and plops, plops himself down in the chair and says, you got to give me this job. So the last thing he's going to get is the job, right? But the difference between the CEO and the Rebbein Shalom is the Rebbein Shalom made us, he created us, he relates to us like a father, and he, he, he gets it. He, he knows who we are. He knows who we are, but that's what Tfil is. So this is really another form of Ishtalis. It's a real thing. It's not, uh, it should not be perceived as getting a shtempel on my Ishtal. It should not be perceived as getting that stamp of approval at all. It should not be perceived as submitting it, as that cover letter, all the beautiful Mishalom that we all gave. It's never the correct take on Tfilah. Tfilah is a Ishtalis in of itself. It's a Ishtalis in of itself. Now, everyone's wondering then, um, if that's the case, so maybe any time I really need something, all I should do is dab and I shouldn't do any other hishtadlis. I should just, just, just go, that's, if you can go straight to the CEO, just go straight to the CEO. Why would you bother with the HR department? Why would you bother with anyone else? So that is the, the natural question to ask at this point. And the unfortunate answer is that, that really depends on a few variables. It depends on who, who we are and where we live. What, what, what kind of world we live in and what kind of perception we have in, in reality. And, 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 and um, it depends on the situation. So let's turn back to, um, well, before that. The truth is in theory, in theory, in theory, there is truth to this. In theory, someone that's on on, on a very high level of belief in God can get away with just happening. He really could. He really could. What does it take to be on that level? It takes a person that sees it as 100% reality that God is the CEO and he's really running the show and no one else has any power. It's not the, the HR department down here and it's not the CEO that's down here and it's not the corporation that's down here. All these people are they have no power. It's only Hashem. If someone really understands that and really lives with that, that all you people are really powerless and non-existent, and I, I don't, I don't relate to you at all, the boss, as the boss, I don't relate to you as, as having any power in this decision, it's only Hashem, then all, all you need to do is daven. Tackle. All you need to do is daven. Because, based on your perception and perspective, Hashem is the only one that has kaya. Hashem is the only one that has power. No, so you're allowed to get away with tefillah being your only shtadlus, that you're only shtadlus. And we said tefillah is a form of shtadlus. The moment that we, we, we're not really that person, the moment that, you know, we say to ourselves, give me a break, do I really think that this person has no power? Do I really think, when I, when I, when I, when I want this job, Am I really thinking to myself that I don't really care what he thinks about me? I don't care the impression that I make on him. I don't care what any of the company thinks because it's not him at all. It's only Hashem. Do we really believe that 100%? Do we live with that? We believe that maybe cerebrally. We believe that intellectually. 
But do we really live with that? Do we walk out of the office thinking to ourselves, it's not really him. I don't, I, I, I'm not even thinking what he's thinking. I'm not thinking about what he's thinking. I don't care what he's thinking. I don't care about this person. Because only Hashem. That's not really us. We're not really there. And the degree to which we do see authority. Down here also, that requires us to make Hashabas down here too. We are required to work where we exist. And that is the rules of the game. Once we exist down here, we can't pretend to not be down here. These are the rules of the game. This is how the Rebunsham set up the world. And that's why Klaiso has always made a shtablis. You know, for, for us to say that we don't believe that, you know, the American government really has any power. We don't believe that, um, that, uh, the, 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 the authorities around us have any authority. It's really all Hashem. And nobody has any power. Again, that, that's we we are certainly certainly not people. For us to say that would be an unbelievable like chutzpah and uh, stupidity, really, because that's not true. That we live down here. We 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 have a muna. We believe that Hashem is more powerful than everyone else and is the ultimate source of authority. But we see authority down here, and the degree that we see authority down here, we have to make hishtablus down here also. But we don't want to only make hishtablus down here. We want to also make a shtalas up there, and that is tefillah. So putting the whole thing together, tefillah, what we're discovering is like this. I'll just, um, uh, we didn't have Reb Achim and Reb David here when we began, I think. We started with Akasha. It says that Yaakov made three hachanas for, for Asa, right? What were the three hachanas? Dairin, Mucham, and tefillah. So we asked tefillah, why is tefillah a third hachana? You're mispalled that the Muhammad should go well, you're mispalled that the Dairin should go well. Tefillah is not a third hachana, not nochazach. Terry says it is nochazach. Tefillah is hishtalas bifnei atma. Tefillah is, is, is its own hishtalus. And we have to see that when you're down to Hashem, you, what you're really doing is you're sitting down in the chair in front of the CEO of the whole corporation and you're saying, forget about this department, forget about that department, forget about this person. Hashem, you can give it to me directly. Give it to me directly. That's what tefillah always is. Tefillah is not asking Hashem to give a shtemple on your hishtalus, to chasmin on your hishtalus, to be mavarach your hishtalus. Tefillah is, Hashem, give it to me directly. But you ask them to be in a natural way, no? No. So that, that's what we were discussing just now. We still need to do Ishtalas. We said, oh, but if that's the case, really, you should only have to do Tefillah. You should, shouldn't do Dairin. You shouldn't do Muhammad. And the answer is, yeah, we have to do all the the other Ishtalas also because Lamaisa, we exist down here. Right. If we if we were people that we were, you know, Sula, Mutzav, Artsav, Reishenu, Magi, Ashamayimah, if we would see that Enoid Muvhadri, there's no there's a garnish with garnish, then we could get away with only davening. All we would need to do is daven. We wouldn't have to make um, established down here. Um, but since we don't live that way, we don't exist that way, we exist down here, so we have to make the established where we exist also. That's the rules of the game. We have to make a established where we exist. But half of a fellow, you see in Rashi, tefillah is not a established, right? One beautiful idea to take away so far from the parasha from Rashi over here is that tefillah is a established bifnei atzvah. It's only established. So when we daven, we really have to see the such. We're not really just davening. Uh, of course we should daven that Hashem should be mavarach our shtalus, but we also have to daven. We daven, what we're saying is, you know, Borei Chaleinu Hashem Lekein HaSashon HaZayis, says, Komine Svuos HaLetoivo. I know I'm saying Nusach Ashkenaz, not Nusach Svar, Eidus HaMizrach. Now, but Birchas HaShon, Birchas HaParnosa, right? So what we're saying, we're not just asking Hashem, you know, Hashem, let my job work out well. Let my fundraising campaign work out well. Let me get the interview. 
We, that's not the only thing we want to say. If 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 we're doing that, then we reduce tefila to taka just being a hashlamet hashalos. But tefila is so much more. What we really have to have in mind when we're davening is, Rebbeinu Shalom, you're the baal haparnasa. You're the the, the baal. You all the money is by you. All the parnasa is by you. And give me parnasa. Let me directly receive your parnasa, however you want to send it to me. However you want to send it to me, you are in charge of. Of wealth, you're in charge of Shafa, you're in charge of Parnasa. Send me Parnasa, and the ultimate Madregan Fila is to not even be thinking about our Ishtavas. That's the truth. Because when we do Ishtavas, we do Ishtavas. We're making the Ishtavas. And certainly, we want to include that in our Tvila, but we don't want that to be the Iker of our Tvila. We don't want the main part of our Tvila to be thinking about what we did and asking Hashem to be Mavartha we did, because then we're reducing Tvila, our davening, just to being a hashlama to hishtavus, a supplement to our own efforts. And it's not that. It's much more than that. Tfilah, davening, is a hishtavus, is an effort in of itself. And the effort of tfilah is recognizing that ultimately it's really only Hashem, and it's all Hashem, and everything is directly from Hashem. So Hashem send me, Rebbein Shalom, send me things directly from you. There's a beautiful idea, and again we saw that in the Vilna Gain also. The Gain says the three steps in, in having a good crap year is... Plant, uh, plowing, planting, and davening. See, davening is a shtalus. Again, davening is a shtalus in of itself. So when we daven, we want to focus not on our own shtalus, only exclusively. That should be there in the beginning, but it shouldn't be the end of davening, the end of davening, the ikr of davening, the primary focus of davening is Hashem. You're the CEO. I, I just threw myself down a chair. Hashem is there across the table. You're in charge. Just give me everything. Give me everything. I believe I. Give me everything. Not be mavarich ma'ashtaz, but give me everything because you're, you're in charge of everything. But isn't the purpose of Tfilah praise of Hashem? Shrach of Hashem? Primary? Um, primary? I mean, look, there's 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 different parts of Tfilah. That's one part of it. You start off with the Shevach. But the middle part of Tfilah is Bakoshis. But the Bakoshis, but the Bakoshis are not Bakoshis to be mavarich ma'ashtaz. They're about uh, uh, understanding that Hashem is the source of all bracha. And Hashem, just send me your bracha. Send me bracha. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's speak out one more very interesting idea, fascinating idea in the parish over here. So when when uh, Yaakov approaches Esav, so it says that that all of his sons and his wives approached Esav group by group, wife by wife, and they bowed down. All of his sons, and he has a daughter who's conspicuously absent. Dina is missing. Dina is not around. We don't see Dina in this showdown. What happened to Dina? Where was Dina, his daughter? Where was she? This is a well-known Rashi. Right? What does Rashi say, Rabbi Yisai? She was hidden in the trunk. She was hidden in the box. That's right, in the trunk, in the box. Yes. Um, so let's, let's read the Rashi together. Um... Read this Rashi together. Um, one moment. Yeah. So Rashi says that Yaakov arranges 11 children with with uh, with his wives and initially into two camps. It says Rashi, Dina Hechan Hoysa, where was Dina? Nasna Bateva, he put her in this trunk, Vinata no he 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 boarded it up. 
Why? Esav, his brother, should not see Dina. Esav, this rough, uncouth ruffian, this, this rush, Esav, a Russia, this wild Vilda, this Vilda guy, doesn't want Esav to see his niece, his, Yaakov's daughter. Esav's gonna see her, he's gonna wanna marry her. Therefore, Yaakov was punished. He was punished for this. Says Rashi, why? He, he withheld her, me'ochiv. He, he withheld her from Esav. But Yaakov is supposed to give his daughter over to this rush, Esav the bum? Well, it's first of all. One second. one second, let's read Ashi, one she's second. I don't know, how do you know how old was she? Um, listen, she's at least eight or nine years old at this point. That's what I'm saying. That's young. That's not young enough, right? Eight or nine, it's old enough to be a grandma. Right? Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. Ilya, you and your backwards ideas over here. First, you're trying to tell us how to grow a crowd. You're trying to tell us how to be a farm, Ilya. You know, you better quit while you're ahead, all right? So, so anyway. Yaakov was punished for keeping Dina from his brother. He was punished. He was punished? You're supposed to give your daughter to this ace of Harasha, this bum? You let your daughter marry a bum? Why was he punished for that? Listen to what does Rashi say. If she would have married Esav, maybe she would have brought him back. Maybe she would have had a, a, a good hashpanim. She would have been a good influence. And she would have, you know, everyone knows your wife. Either she brings you down, she brings you up. If you marry someone who is beneath you, she'll, she'll bring you down. If you marry someone above you, she'll bring you up, right? Your wife can bring you up. Your wife can raise you, can raise you spiritually. So if Dina would have married Esav, she might have brought him up and she would have gotten him into Duchuva. He wouldn't have been Esav the Rush anymore. He would have been Esav the Tzaddik. And since Yaakov did not let Esav have this opportunity, he was punished with a very, a very, 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 uh, um, um, very harsh punishment. Yeah, of the, the, the entire awful chapter later in the parasha where Dina is abducted by Shechem and she's, she's violated by, by, uh, by Shechem. Um, so that's the Midah Kanegah from Yaakov preventing his daughter to have a, have a kosher, a halachic marriage with his brother Esau. So she was taken, she was abducted, taken by force. Rachman Lutzlan, Shrekloch. Okay, so Rashi is bringing down this Chazal, this, this is Rashi quoting Chazal, that Yaakov was criticized, criticized for withholding Dina from Esau, not letting Esau see Dina. Um, because in Yaakov's question, obviously, is he doesn't want his daughter marrying, being married off to Esau Harash, to the bum. But the time on Yaakov is that, look, a wife has the power to bring her husband around. And Dina could have really brought Esau back. Dina could have gotten him to do tshuva. And he should have, therefore, given Dina over to Esau. And since he didn't allow Dina to bring him back, to, to, to get Esau to do tshuva, he was punished. But what's Rashi's lush? And, you know, I read the Rashi. If we were listening carefully. Rashi doesn't say... That Yaakov was held accountable for this um, because if Dina would have married Esav, Dina would have for sure brought him back. That's not what Rashi says. What did Rashi say? That that if Dina would have married Esav, what? That's right, maybe. Shemma taxi renalamutu, says Rashi. That Yaakov should have let Dina marry Esav because maybe she she might have brought him back. Shemma. There was a chance. There's a chance. It says Rashi, it's then. For a maybe, you have to let your daughter marry a Russia? For a Shema? That's what Rashi seems to be saying. Apparently so. 
apparently so, but does that make sense? Does that sit well? For, because because it's a chance, because of a maybe, for a maybe, Yaakovina was held accountable for this. Yaakovina is punished because this, there was a, a, a maybe, a, a slight chance, or some kind of a chance that Dina would have had an effect. Maybe you need this maybe in a tefillah, in a davening. In davening. Together, and uh, you have a good chance. The, the maybe with his davening. Um, but Rashi says it's still Shema, it's still Shema. It still sounds like it's Shema. There's still no guarantee, even with his davening. It sounds like there's still no guarantee. So Rashi's Mamish, this Rashi's a Pella. We can really call this Rashi a Pella. It sounds like from Rashi that that um, Yaakov was expected. He was expected to let his daughter marry Esau on, 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 on account of a Shema, because of a Shema. A Shema, a maybe, maybe Shulim Matzich, is enough to require Yaakov to marry off, enough to say that Yaakov did the wrong thing, enough for us to punish Yaakov. Because of maybe, because of a maybe. Because of a maybe, you have to let your daughter marry an Esau for Russia? Because of a maybe? Because there's a chance? There's a chance? No, and what about the other side of the coin, right? Yeah, there's a chance that it'll happen, there's a chance that it won't happen. So I'm taking a risk that my daughter's going to have an awful, miserable life married to, 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 to Esau for Russia. What's going on? It doesn't make any sense. You probably knew that. Let's work with what Rashi tells us. Rashi says Shema. Rashi does say there was a chance. But the question is, does that make sense that Yaakov is held accountable, that, that, that Yaakov did the wrong thing now? And said differently, to flip it around, that Yaakov is expected, is obligated, should have led Dina marry Yosef because of a Shema. And now that he didn't, he's getting punished. This Rashi, ain't a Rashi Oimer Ela Darshani. This is a Rashi that needs a Pshat, Rabbi Yisai. It's such a difficult Rashi to understand. It's so hard to relate to this, that Yaakov did the wrong thing. But I'll tell you what the Pshat is. We learned the Rashi too quickly. We learned the Rashi incorrectly. The, Shem, the fact that Rashi says Shema is really an indicator that Yaakov, his, what was his fault? What did he do wrong? What was he being held accountable for? He was not being held accountable for the fact that he didn't let Esav marry Dina. That, 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 wasn't what he, that wasn't what he did wrong. It's clear from Rashi that that's not what he did wrong. It's not the pshat that what he did wrong was he didn't let Dina marry Esav. Dina should have married Esav. Because Rashi says it's only a Shema. Right? It's only a maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, because of a maybe he has to let his daughter, you know, again, have to take a chance of being miserable for his her entire life. Of course not. Of course, that's not what he did wrong. Not the pshat that the wrong thing they did was allowing Dina to the, 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 not allowing Dina to marry Esav because it was only Shema. What what did he do wrong? You know what he did wrong? He hit her in the box. He locked her up in a box. What does that mean? He locked her up in a box. What it means is, when did he lock her up in the box? When did he lock her up in the box? Before Esav came. came, before the showdown, right? When he's still there. In Aram Naharaim or whatever, right before he crosses over the river, he locks her up in a box before he even sees Esav, before he even meets Esav. Before he even sees Vastutzach Mitem, what's going on with Esav, he already made up his mind. <coughs> he already decided Esav is Esav Harasha, and I'm not even going to think about it, I'm not even going to consider it. Dina's locked up sight unseen. In other words, the matter, he, let's say that better, he never, he will say that in Talmudics, he didn't even have a Havamina. He didn't even have a have a meaning. He didn't even consider the matter. He locks Dina up before he even gets a chance to see Yosef. And what does that mean? That means what? It means, one second, Yaakov. Maybe, Efshir, 
see Esav, check him out, sit down with him, have a beer with Esav, have a schmooze, have a cigar with him. One second, one second, one second. Have a cigar with him, have a schmooze with him. See what's going on with Esav. Maybe you'll see that Shema, that maybe she can have an effect on him. He didn't even check out the Shema. He didn't check it out. In other words, it wasn't that he was hived to marry Dinov because of a Shema, but Fakir, since there's a Shema, check out the Shema, investigate it. Look into it. Sit down with Esav. See what's going on with Esav. Have a schmooze with him. How did the Chassidah make the Shaduchim? The Chassidah Nakal, the last people to meet is the Chassidah Nakal, right? Who meets first? The Mechutanim, right? The parents meet each other, right? So I, I get to see, you know, what's, what's going on. Check you out, you check me out. I check the boy out, you check the girl out, right? And after I check out you, you check out me, and I check out the girl, you check out the guy. No, then we have them look at each other for five minutes, you know, 30 seconds. And if, if everything is good, then shine, we, we book the hall. Right? But at even this much, Yaakov didn't do. When does he, it's, Rashi's Lushan is so dramatic over here. He put in the box and he hammered her in. He locked her into the box before he even sees Esav. Yaakov, why are you going so far? Maybe when you meet Esav, you'll have a different mentality. Maybe when you meet Esav, you'll see Shema Taxi Renal Mutav. The Shem is what Yaakov should be thinking now. Yaakov should realize that there's a chance that maybe my Dino can affect Esav. So since there's a chance that she might be able to affect him, let me see what's going on with Esav first. Before I get too drastic, before I lock her up, let me first meet Esav and see if Esav is someone indeed that might be affected with Dino. By, by Dino. Since Yaakov doesn't even have a Havamino, he doesn't even consider it, that's why he gets punished. He should have at least been open, been receptive to, to the fact that maybe Esav can come back. Maybe Esav can do tshuva. He writes him off. You know, in English you say that? He wrote him off. He wrote him off. He was... Excuse me. He was... He was... He was... Uh, as, uh, you know what you say in uh, Ibris? He was... Azavoto, um, right? He just... He forgot about the whole thing sight unseen. He wrote him off. And the, the limud for us, such a powerful limud. You know, we encounter people all the time that are not yet religious, that are working on becoming religious... There's no yid ever has that we write off. Every yid is a shema. Shema yachzir lemutov. Every yid, I have to be open. I have to consider this yid. Give him the time to think about him. To say, I, you know, this person's not for me. This person's not for me. This person's not for me. Forget it. Just in, in socializing and relating to somebody. Every yid has that shema. Every yid has has to be given the chance to prove himself. Has to be given the 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 the, um, the time of day. Has to give him, be given the decency to to be heard, to be seen. To establish himself, because every year does a Shema Yachzir and that's what Yaakov should have given Esav. At least check him out for us, Yaakov. At least see him. Don't write him off without even considering the matter first. Okay. Excellent. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you all for joining. And be well. Good Shabbos, Joseph. Thank you for joining, Joseph. It's a pre- pleasure as always.